Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube. That's at Chatterbox Sports. We always ask you, please subscribe to the program if you're able. We also stream on Facebook, and that's a Chatterbox Sports page as well. If you prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, please do so. Wherever you get your podcast, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Well, it's only been a week. It seems like a month since the Bengals were eliminated from the playoffs, and now it's Super Bowl week, gentlemen. Casey, Paul, good morning. Are you ready for the Super Bowl? Yay or nay? Uh, Casey, go ahead. Um, I guess I'm ready for the Super Bowl. I, I'm ready to crown the champion of this year. Um, it's going to be the Eagles, but it's going to be fun watching. Really fun watching. It's going to be the Eagles? Yeah. I mean, you say that like that's a slam dunk. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. As much as I don't like either team, well, I don't dislike the Eagles. I just feel like their fans are obnoxious, but the Patrick Mahomes has not faced this type of defense yet, so. Paul, any thoughts? You excited about the game? You're going to watch the game, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I don't really care, but I'll watch it. It's, I mean, I'll When are you on. giving out your official pick for this game? Are, are you getting into some of the prop bet stuff on not too picky yeah, this as, week? Yeah, as, as the week goes on, we're going to do a lot more with it. Yeah, as we get to Thursday and Friday, I'm sure on the box lunch, we'll have some picks. Uh, we, we got some stuff that we can give out here as, as everything goes on. It's funny people talking about the props, mm -hmm. like betting on the Gatorade color and all that, because you can't actually bet on a lot of the stuff that people joke about betting on in different states. So every state has different rules depending on how they wrote the laws. I don't know what Ohio's is based on, like, because usually what states get nervous about is when humans can control what the actual outcome of the bet is. So obviously you're playing sports, humans are playing sports, but I'm talking about somebody pouring the Gatorade color because they got paid off to do that. So every state is different. I got to check in, see what Ohio, what you can do in Ohio. But we'll, I'm sure we'll have all those. those Isn't the big country star Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem? Bet the over-under on that. Well, it, it, that's what you just prompted me to think of something that, I mean, if you were Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Okay. Right. You talk about things you can't control and can't yep. control, right? I mean, Chris Stapleton could go to his brother, right? Theoretically, I'm not saying he would do this kind of thing. Seems like a good dude, great musician, very popular, right? But he could go to his brother or his cousin or the guy that lives next door and says, hey, this thing's going to be over whatever the time is on the prop. And we're going to bet $50,000 on that. Yeah. Could happen, right? Oh, it easily could happen. And that's what people get nervous that's what the gaming boards all get nervous about a lot is can can one singular person control the outcome of whatever the whatever the bet is so yeah with the with the national anthem i don't know if you can actually take a legal like bet fred wager on the national anthem i okay. don't think you can okay but there are places you can because it's it's popular enough that there are places you can do it i just don't know i just don't think like above board legally okay. All right. We'll see. 
Uh, so the game is Sunday, and that will be in the Phoenix suburb of Glendale, Arizona. Kickoff is set for 6.30, and the game will be on Fox. Other NFL news, the Carolina Panthers have signed a hero. Ivero as their new defensive coordinator under their new head coach, Frank Reich. Ivero was the D.C. of a very good Denver defense this past season. Brian Schottenheimer, the new offensive coordinator in Dallas, replacing Kellen Moore, who, of course, was fired and immediately was signed by the L.A. Chargers. How about Aaron Rodgers? You know, we talk all the time about how these guys, um, you know, and I was having a conversation with some buddies of mine the other night, how, you know, you, you go through sports and having the chance to be around it a lot. And I remember the guy that I used to hear people talk about this all the time. And by this point, he was a coach, was a Hall of Famer, Robin Yount, right? Milwaukee Brewers. Came up as a shortstop, league MVP, moved to center field, league MVP. But he was a coach with the Diamondbacks when I was there. And you'd hear guys 20 years younger than him talking about, this guy's the best at everything we do. We're playing ping pong. We're playing basketball on an off day. Whatever it is, they're like, this dude's the best of all of them. It makes you wonder if Aaron Rodgers isn't that kind of guy. He hasn't played golf since before training camp started in July. Plays right around a 10 handicap. And all he does is go out and win the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am with Ben Silverman. Now, that is unfreaking believable You got some of these guys. I, I guess Tony Romo's a really good golfer, right? One of the best Very out there, good. right? They, yep. say, they say that Romo could play professionally if he really wanted to. Maybe he should. I, did I did I see something the other day where they were trying to do intervention? Not intervention. Like oh yeah, did you yeah. read that about Romo? They realized he was going downhill and tried to do an intervention with him, and CBS was aware of it before the season. Who's they? Who's like CBS? Whoever the the top people at CBS were. That they were trying to do what? That they were based. They realized that he was regressing. That maybe they caught lightning in a bottle and got ahead of themselves. Right. And they realized this before the season, and tried to step in and maybe guide him or help him hold his hand along the way. And it didn't work out this season like the way they had hoped it would. Okay. But I I'll be honest. I didn't get into all of the details of it um, as much as. You know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to slander Tony Romo. I got you up here. Well, you know, it, it brings up an interesting topic, and, and that is, um, and I saw it firsthand working at the network level at Fox for for twenty five years. Um, NBC a thousand years ago, and he just recently passed away, Marty Glickman, who was this legendary announcer um, in the New York area, uh, basketball, football, all this kind of thing. Well, once his play-by-play career was over, the powers that be at NBC Sports, going back to Michael Weissman and some of these guys used to run NBC Sports, they thought, you know what, why not hire a guy to be a full-time fill-in-the-blank consultant, uh, friend, uh, confidant, peer, to help the other announcers coming up? And Marty Glickman had an incredible, incredible career in his former life as an announcer, but then extremely prolific in helping to mentor guys like Dick Enberg, Bob Costas, all these other guys that were coming up with NBC at the time, Marv Albert. Um, And to my knowledge, I mean, at Fox, we didn't have this kind of guy. And I always thought it would be one of those things is what happens is when you get up to the level of, say, the Joe Bucks of the world, 
okay? You might have friends you really trust that'll tell you uh, stuff you're doing well and maybe some things you're not doing so well, right? And that's what everybody hopes for. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You need people around you that will not always be yes people and not always tell you how great you are, but to try to help you get better. And, uh, and I'm not sure if any of the networks are doing that stuff anymore. I'm not sure at all. All right, enough of Aaron Rodgers. What do we got up next? It was a um, big basketball weekend. College hoops, we start with Paul Fritzner's Xavier Musketeers. The 16th-ranked Muskies blow St. John's out of the gym, 96-71. They're 19-5 on the year, 11-2 in the Big East. And that's good enough for a first-place tie atop the conference with Marquette. The Golden Eagles rolled on Saturday as well over hapless Butler. The two teams square off on the 15th of this month in Milwaukee. Bearcats got a nice win over UCF on Saturday. That was a wild crowd down there at Fifth Third Arena. I, I don't know what was going on down there, but I mean, you got guys chugging Skyline Chili out of a can, and I mean, it was, it was crazy down there. I talked to some friends of mine who went to the game, and they said it was just incredible atmosphere. UC opened up a big lead. UCF made a run to make it a game in the final minutes. Victor Locken had 20 points in the 73-64 win. Cat 16-8 on the year and will play at Tulane tomorrow night. Elsewhere, number one Purdue loses against rival Indiana, 79-74. That Boilermaker big man, Zach Eady, not a bad player. Oh, my God. He's so good. 7-4. And sometimes you get those guys that are huge. You get those guys in college basketball that are huge, but they're not that good because they're uncoordinated and they're tall and they don't. They're just not that good. Um, he's he's not he's not that guy. No. I mean, he he is the AP National Player of the Year. He's locked it up. I don't think there's any discussion about it. He is so good. And Reed and I have joked about how it almost sometimes looks like a high school team because you get these four guys on the perimeter that just throw the ball into him, and he just turns around and scores. I mean, the dude had 33 points, 18 rebounds against Indiana, but it wasn't enough. Hoosiers now 16-7, and seven, Purdue 22-2. and two. two other teams in the top 10 lost on the weekend. Number six, Virginia loses at rival Virginia Tech. Number eight, Kansas loses again, and they play Texas tonight. But Kansas loses at number 12, Iowa State. What is going on in Columbus, Ohio? I saw a note the other day, the last seven years, right, the highest winning percentage of football and men's basketball, just those two sports of all schools in the country, by far the best winning percentage belong to Ohio State. I'll give you $100 to name number two. The best winning percentage. Football and men's basketball. And this is a D1 team. D1 team. I was shocked when I read this. Number two in the last... Five years? Yep. Uh, can I get a conference? I don't even know what conference. It's a non-Power 5 conference. Oh, I really? I can tell you that. Uh, uh, no. They don't play football. B-Y- no. You, um, you, I mean, you're... you're I'm, B, I'm you're trying to... right around the uh, general Utah? vicinity there. No, but it is San Diego State. Oh, yeah, man. That's right. San Diego. It Interesting works. little nugget there. Interesting little nugget. But Ohio State starts the year 10-3. and three. They have since gone 1-9 and nine 
after yesterday's loss to Michigan in Ann Arbor, 72-63. And the question now is, is Chris Holtman in trouble? Should he be in trouble? He's never advanced past the second round of the NCAA tournament during now six seasons in Columbus. And outside of a miracle run in the Big Ten tournament this year, the Buckeyes won't even make the NCAA tournament. Is Chris Holtman in danger in Columbus, Ohio? I said Steve Forbes of San Diego State. That was Steve Fisher like 10 years ago. No, I don't think he's in trouble. He's not on the hot seat and he shouldn't be. But I know Ohio Shouldn't State. be? No, he shouldn't be. Six years at Ohio State. I, I understand. And you can't get past the second round of the tournament. I, I know. All the money they have up there. I know. I, I, I don't think he should be on the hot seat. I, but I do understand the frustration. I do understand where Ohio State fans would want him on the high, hot seat. I personally, if I was an Ohio State fan, would not want him on the hot seat. I think he's a very good coach. He has had a ton of things. It's almost, it's almost, it's not, but it's almost the Travis Steele at Xavier where you've had a lot of things go against you and you've been very unlucky like this year without one of your best players for most of the year. I don't think Ohio State should fire Chris Holtman. I think he should probably get one more year. But there's also the flip side of that where I would wonder if Holtman would see the writing on the wall here and jump to, say, a Notre Dame or one of those that might open up this year. Like a Notre Dame. Uh, sounds like Bayheim might want to come back again. That was a disaster this weekend. But sounds like he might want to come back again. But uh, what a yeah, what a joke that was. But maybe uh, maybe Holtman jumps ship and goes to like a Notre Dame or a or a Syracuse or something. One of those if they open. But. Why would Chris Holtman leave Ohio State to go to Syracuse or Notre Dame? Well, I'm saying if he can if he can read the writing on the wall that his time at Ohio oh, State is, okay. is okay. short, okay. then maybe he just gets out ahead of it. Okay. But if he knows that he's locked up there, then I think he, I think he's there another year at least. But maybe Ohio State fans run him out. Okay. Uh, one other note in college basketball: no surprise here. They drill him and everything. <laughs> Ohio University just wiped out Miami in basketball on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, Miami for a decade hasn't beaten Ohio University in anything. There's an outlier game here or there, but it can't beat them in anything, as it should be. NBA, a huge trade in the works, apparently. Not a done deal yet, but Brooklyn dealt star, dealing star, Kyrie Irving, along with Markeith Morris, to the Dallas Mavericks for two players and then three draft picks over the next six years, their draft picks in like 27 and 29. The Mavericks ran the idea by their big star, Luka Doncic, and he said, absolutely bring this guy in. The two will team up for the first time this Wednesday night. If the deal gets done and they get the physical done, that'll be against the Clippers in L.A. How about those two guys together? Yeah, I'm excited for that, Tom. I uh, got to tell you, Kyrie Irving, you can say whatever you want about the dude. The guy is an unbelievable player. He is. And he is a clutch player. He's good when he plays. Yeah, when well, he he's plays. been playing this year. He's yeah. Playing this he's year. averaging, what, 27 a game? Something close to that. Yeah. I mean, he is. He was carrying the he was carrying the Nets before without KD. And I'm kind of, ha- I'm excited. I'm a huge Luka Doncic fan. That's probably, that that is probably my NBA team is the Mavericks. So I'm super excited for this, for him to actually have some capable star that's, you know, on the, the same level or, sure. you know, just a little little lower. But 
this is great. I'm excited. I'm excited to be a, a Maverick fan. Boy, you are the ultimate front runner. <laughs> I mean, you or Trace Fowler start flipping coins. Green Bay in football, Kansas in basketball. Now you are, uh, you know, the Bengals in football front running. And, uh, and the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas it Mavericks. Is, it is for the silliest of reasons, oh, no. honestly. Luca, so my, my nephew, his name is Luca. And okay. he was born right when Luca started getting really good. So ever since then, I just we've been keeping tabs on Luka Doncic, okay. and I don't know. I've I've been keeping track. I know they're not like they're they're a, a mid team, but with Kyrie Irving, they might actually have a good shot to contend. I, I'm excited. He's just got to play. He's I mean, he, that's play. quite literally the only thing with Kyrie Irving is his job is to play professional basketball. And there are, there are a lot of nights where he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to do my job tonight. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna just take a night off. Maybe I'll just take the year off. Well, I got to tell you, I am really surprised. Uh, and we don't talk about the NBA rarely ever. And we're going to, you know, we probably will moving forward uh, as the season goes on. But I'm surprised on some of our regulars just pounding away at, uh, at Kyrie Irving. I mean, he is the biggest clown in the NBA. And, 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 and why is that? He just never, he straight up never plays. This season he's playing, but there are. Well, there are reasons why he didn't play. Ah. Uh... I mean, he, there were the guy decided not to take the vaccine. That's his choice if he doesn't want to take it. I mean, yeah, but but even more so than the vaccine, there there were there were many nights over the last three years where he just, yeah, you know what, I'm not, I'm good, I'm not playing, I'm not showing up, not playing. Listen, Oof. when when if he decides to play, he is one of the better players in the NBA. I if he likes playing with the Mavericks. It's going to be a good deal for the Mavericks. That's really all it boils down to is if he is happy enough being with the Mavericks. When he plays, he is one of the best guards in the NBA. Oh, he's and top five player in the league when he plays. When he plays and he plays at his peak level and he plays consistently for a full season, there is not one team in the NBA that would not be exponentially better with Kyrie Irving on them. It's yep. just, it's, it's quite literally the risk that you run wondering whether he's going to show up on your court. Okay, look, I'm not here to defend the guy in any form or yeah. fashion. I don't know him. I mean, he might be a complete jerk. I don't know. I have no clue. But when people say that he, you know, is is this or that or whatever else, is that only because you just, just disagree with what he wants to do? I mean, look, I go no further. The vaccine, we're not going to get into the whole thing, this and that and everything else. What's transpired over the last two or three years, you know, there's a lot going on there. All of us know there's a lot going on there, okay? Um. If the guy decides he doesn't want to take the vaccine, that's his decision. Okay? Yeah. That's his decision. He's allowed to make that decision. You might disagree with it, but that's his personal decision. Okay? That's number one. Number two, the whole thing that went on earlier this year, we talked about this at the time, with whatever involvement he had on this uh, anti-Semitic documentary that was running on Netflix or something like that. Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the NBA, okay, he's thrown right in the middle of all of this. And what did he do? He said, okay, I'm going to go examine everything out there. I'm going to go watch this film, which he came out and said he did not like the film. He didn't agree with some of the things in the film. He said, but then, instead of making a rush to judgment on Kyrie Irving as it pertains to this particular topic, 
Adam Silver did what most people don't do in this day and age. He sat down with Kyrie Irving. He met with him over the course of a number of days, over countless hours, to talk about all of this kind of stuff. And Adam Silver, who is Jewish, came out and said, I got no problem with this guy. Got no problem with him whatsoever. I believe his heart's in the right place. I don't think he's an anti-Semitic guy. And that is my opinion, and I'm going to stand by it. That's not coming from some white Anglo-Saxon Protestant dude sitting up there in uh, Martha's Vineyard. No, and I think even more so than any of any of the political stuff or any of that controversial stuff. I mean, you just go back. He was he was in Cleveland. And he wanted to get out of Cleveland, so he went to Boston. Fans there hated him, so he asks for a trade out of Boston. Plays 20 games in his first year in Brooklyn. Kind of mails it in. Played 54 the next year, all right? 54 is all right. But then he only played 29 last year. Now he's played 40 this year. I just, I don't understand. But hey, it's like I said, it, it, when he decides to play and he says, I'm going to play, he is somebody that every team on the, on the, or in the NBA would want on their roster. And credit to the Mavericks for going out and getting him and getting Lucas some help because this immediately makes the Mavericks an instant contender uh, in the West. All right, let me ask you this question because uh, I want to go back and make sure that I have this right because uh, my son brought this up with me last night and I and, and I didn't understand it and I still don't understand it. Okay, I'm listening. The, the, the LeBron James tweet. Oh, maybe it's me? Yeah, I mean, what, what did you make of that? Well, I mean, he he, my, my son was trying to say with the how the internet was reacting, but I don't know enough about it. I know the Lakers were apparently in the hunt to try and get Kyrie Irving. They want, Irving yeah. and LeBron won a championship when they were down in 2016, three games to one to Golden State. Thanks to Irving and LeBron, they come back and win it. Incredible series. Irving was just insane. Um, well, what's that all about? How do you read into that? I read the same thing. I think LeBron wanted – LeBron realizes that right now with Westbrook and everybody else – I mean, Austin Reeves is good. But I think LeBron realizes now that he needs help and he needs serious help because LeBron is not in his prime anymore. LeBron is still one of the best players in the NBA, but he's not in his prime anymore and he needs help. And he get, they have Anthony Davis. I mean, I get it. He, he but it, Davis has had his injury issue. He's yep. hurt all the time. All the time. All the time. So and Pat Beverly and Westbrook are just not getting Yeah, and, and so they need somebody. The Lakers need somebody to go out there and help them compete for a title because LeBron, I mean, he's got to win another title. I'm a, I love LeBron. I love LeBron, but he needs help. And I think he was hoping that he would go out there and get Kyrie and that they could reunite and do what they did in Cleveland in 2016. But it didn't happen. And then LeBron hops on Twitter and goes, maybe it's me. And I'm thinking. But what do you think he means by that? Maybe it's me. I'm being totally sincere. I don't have an opinion on it or any thought on it because I don't know what to think. Is he making it like the guy didn't want to come play with me? The organization doesn't want to do anything to help me? I, I, I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, Go ahead. My thought was it was a, a, a direct – correlation to the Nets having a problem with sending them to the Lakers. You know I mean like that would make them a contender again. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't want to give LeBron the fuel to go to the Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't want to just Why would the Nets care about that? The only thing the Nets should care about on that kind of thing is making the best possible deal they can make to help their franchise. Right. I mean they're not getting picked until 2027 and 2029. I've never heard of such a thing. 
in that regard. Maybe that's some stipulation in the NBA that you have to do things like that. I don't know. Well, didn't they, uh, didn't they also trade, um, I can't remember his name, it starts with a D as well, in that package for, for the, from the Mavs. I can't remember his Mark-Eve name. Mark Morris? No. You tell me in the, in the Kyrie deal? Yes. Yeah, Markeith Morris is going with Kyrie Irving to Dallas. Oh, to Dallas. Oh, I thought there was a player from Dallas going to the Nets. There are three players going. Who, who are those players? Um, off the top of my head. I, I, I only saw the trade to the Mavs. I did not see what the return was in the trade. The return is... Oh, Spencer um, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie. They they have some some guys that they can. I mean, build like try to. Yeah, I they're see, not stars, but they're like solid players. Like that's added depth that they probably didn't have before. What I wonder in the NBA, and I admittedly don't follow the NBA as closely as I follow college basketball, but it's all basketball, so I follow it enough. Um, what I wonder is when. NBA teams are going to get their leverage back against the players in these trade requests because it seems like every time a player says in the NBA I want to trade I want out of here like Kyrie on whatever it was Friday requested a trade before the deadline boom he got his trade so many of these teams are acquiescing to whatever the players want because they want the players to be happy which is fine because the the NBA doesn't want I mean, these te- the owners, the teams, general managers, they don't want their players sitting out and taking up space. But so many of these players, they ask for a trade, and then if they don't get the trade or if, they don't, if their demands aren't met, they just sit out. They don't play. And I wonder what it's going to take. I think it happened. I'm trying to remember. It might have been KD. happened a couple of years ago. And I, I, I wonder when it's going to come back to, we signed you, you're on a contract, you just got to play. You got to play it. We signed you to play games and you're not playing games. You got to play games. And there is no league in the world. And this has been the constant gripe on the NBA for a while, in the past decade or so, is that the postseason is a season in and of itself. The postseason is two and a half months long. It's a season in and of itself. Yep. And it is an incredible two and a half months. But the regular season and everything else, free agency, all that, there is so much drama and buildup and everything off the court that it's almost become more fun to follow the NBA storylines off the court like a reality show than it is to follow the actual games night in and night out, as, at least in the regular season. Uh, and I just wonder, it, it's like AJ says in the chat, the NBA is a circus it kind of is a circus. Oh, yeah. And I wonder at one I I wonder and this is where I don't know the dynamics of it well enough. I wonder if Adam Silver and all them are cool with it and they love it and they just say, "Hey, we love the drama." Cuz David Stern was great at that. David Stern knew exactly what buttons to push. He knew exactly what he needed to do to get done to get the eyeballs on the game. I just wonder what Adam Silver and the rest of the league are okay with and what they're not okay with and what they're talking about behind closed doors when they see these situations like with Kyrie where he requests a trade and he's gone in 48 hours. Well, I can tell you this right now. And and, and look, you talk about a circus. I mean, what Adam Silver is looking at is what every other commissioner of a sport is looking at, and that is how many people are watching your product. There's another sport going right in the tank 
from a television standpoint. Right in the tank. And then when you have what happened last week, two fights. I mean, these weren't like, you know, little BS sort of, uh, you know, I'm talking to you and you're talking to me. They got players going into stands a couple of weeks ago with Shannon Sharp. <laughs> yep. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You think that's good for the NBA? It's terrible for the NBA. Now, some out there are going to say, oh, well, you know, it, 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 the circus creates, you know, people want to go to the circus and they want to, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I can tell you, when I just read an article not long ago about this whole TV thing with the NBA and people are getting turned off by it. I, really, it, and the, because it, you're right, the stars of the stars of the stars run that league. Now, should they have a say in how the league is run? I got no problem with that. I mean, they're the ones that are out there, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and, and laying it all on the line night in and night out. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with all the money they're making. And nobody's spending money on players like the NBA. I mean, these contracts are just, if you think baseball's bad, it's not in the same galaxy with the NBA as far as what they're paying these guys. And good for them. But when the product starts to slip, and all of a sudden, you know, you're a fan in fill-in-the-blank. You know, Boston a couple of years ago, you're getting Kyrie Irving. Now, all of a sudden, the wheels fall off that situation. He ends up in New Jersey. You're excited about all these guys are bringing in and Harden and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, bam, everybody gone or hurt. Overnight, seemingly, just like that, right? How's yeah. that good for the product? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just the culture shift from the NBA of what it used to be. I mean, I think I think they've lost a lot of the old viewership that that cherished the NBA, and the difference between that, that's why I think the difference is between the NFL and the NBA is that the NBA I think might be more focused on getting the new viewer, and the new viewer is uh, sensual. Uh, what am I trying to say? The not insatiable, but I don't know. Regardless, the the new viewer is all about the drama, all about yeah the the just over the top display of either the game or the the fights or the interactions. They check up on it on Twitter. They you know they just love the drama, and I think that's what is lost nowadays in the NBA. Is there was a different type of drama, but it wasn't like on full display as it is now the nba has evolved and it's evolved and i understand where people might not like it because of whatever it might whatever the the encore i don't the the i i get tired of people arguing about the off they don't watch the nba because of whatever's happening off the court if you have that argument you probably never watched the the nba in the first place i get tired of hearing that but what i do think about the nba is that there is so much now with like what you said, Casey, with the drama of the trades and who's friends with who and what happens in the offseason, that it boils down to the postseason with these teams that come through, these same teams over and over that are so good. And I love watching Giannis play. I love watching yeah. this this Celtics team this year is really good. But, you know, catch it in the postseason, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that man, there is one common denominator with, baseball and, and basketball and that's their regular seasons are a hundred plus games what the nba does need to do and I, I i i don't think that this is an overreaction at all i do think that the nba needs to start their season at christmas i think christmas day should be opening day 
of the NBA. Now, whether that means they play less regular season games, I don't know, because the season already goes forever. You and I both know there's zero chance that will happen. I mean, none, because you're talking about, you're talking about fewer games? That's never going to happen in any sport. Yeah. They're adding games. Right. Which, yeah. it's it, all about the no, money. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. It's about the money. I mean, most of these teams, I'm assuming, are a lot of these teams, not every one of them, they're selling out. Dallas is no doubt selling out every night with Luka down there, right? Milwaukee yeah. sells out every night, right? Right. With Giannis and all these guys. I mean, I, would, I, I don't know this off the top of my head, but I got to believe the NBA attendance for games is probably pretty good over the course of the year, right? It's just the pro- you're saying it's just the product on the television that is struggling. But not, not I just read what, I just you know read what's written about it and 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 you know what they're how they structure differently and we've talked a little bit about this. We're going to try to get somebody on here who, who really knows the 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 you know how to dot the i and cross the t so to speak right about this whole valley thing and how it pertains to not only baseball. Now, the NBA and the NHL apparently have structured some things that could offset potential losses if they can't pay the teams their rights, fees, and et cetera. But uh, Bally's is in bed with the NBA just as much as they're in bed with Major League Baseball. And so where all that's going, on top of spiraling television ratings, uh, on top of, you know, I mean, we don't live in an NBA city, so it's unfair of me to talk about how popular the game is because I really don't know. I think, the, I think the game of basketball is popular. Yeah, I agree with that. Worldwide, yeah. it's gaining popularity all the time. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to break out Paul Fritchner's kind of like a reset for everybody getting into college basketball now. Yeah. Okay, Super Bowl is coming up as soon as that's over. We're all shifting gears to start paying attention to college basketball, baseball starting up here in the next week or so, I think. Pitchers and catchers report, right? Yeah. Middle yeah. this month. Yeah. So we're going to get where Casey had his stink list, okay? Yep. Paul is going to come up, and we're going to update this periodically. We'll have different versions of this. But he is going to give us who he thinks will be you know, the four number one seeds, two seeds, three seeds, four seeds, if the NCAA tournament were today. Now, you can change these, much like Casey changed the snake list. And I'll tell you what else we're going to do today. We're going to try it for the first time ever. And we're putting our trust in you now. Okay? Seriously. And I say this seriously. Please. Okay? If you want to call and be a wise guy and say something stupid, okay, or bring up uh, Castellanos' home run. For, like, like, just, just turn the show off and then just go away. <laughs> okay, just go away. Really, don't waste your time. If that's what you're thinking about, you're going to call in and try to say to be a wise guy and to be a funny guy, just, just hit the road. No problem, okay? But we're going to take calls for the first time today. We feel this show needs to kind of start always evolving. And so we're going to give out the number when we can come back and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But when we immediately come back, we'll see what Paul has in store for our seeds if the NCAA tournament were today. Ham and Eggers? Absolutely. All yours, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Tom. Yep. Appreciate it. All right, Casey. 
so first of all, first of all, I see uh, Sir Boy Wonder in here talking about college baseball. College baseball is all the rage. College, ba <laughs> college baseball here in the last couple of years, uh, if not already, college baseball has significantly taken off in popularity in the last five to ten years. I have very much enjoyed broadcasting it, and uh, it'll be a great college baseball season this year if anybody wants a little bit of coverage of that. I'm always happy to mix in college baseball, but we do have a couple of things. We've talked about UC. We're going to talk about UC more in a minute. Um, but as always, the Bearcats report and the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and what, Casey? Productivity. Productivity, yeah. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Also, right here in front of me, let me make sure that this is screwed on tight so we don't ruin our equipment. Pawnee Water. There is a new premium alkaline water out, and it is Pawnee. P-A-H-H-N-I. And I have to tell you, we had somebody in the uh, Discord last night say that they tried Pawnee Water for the first time, and they loved it, as would all of you if you tried it. Yeah, Made in Hamilton, Ohio, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best-tasting water in the world. That's a quote. Best-tasting water in the world. Visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy this great-tasting water. Um... Yeah, so we do have, I'll preface this here uh, real quick. We do have, it's not a stink list, it's just a seed list uh, of the NCAA tournament, and we're going to do it here in just a second when Tom gets back. Um, basically a top 16, and then I'll, I'll reformat it as the week goes on, but it'll be a way for all of you, like Tom said, we know that the, you know, the Bengals are out, you got the Super Bowl coming up, whether you care or not about the Super Bowl, college basketball is really ramping up here, especially in the month of February, a couple of really good games tonight. So basically, if you haven't followed college basketball yet this season, or if you're just getting caught up on it, maybe you watched over the weekend for the first time, this is a way for you to know, understand where we're at, give you a frame of reference. Uh, if, you, if you have any questions in the chat, think about different teams, happy to answer them, but we do have it. Again, this is not a stink list, so what we're going to do here is we're going to put up the top four uh, seeds here, and then later in the week, I will do a, uh, a, a different type of list where it's more of like final four teams, second weekend teams, uh, bracket busters, Cinderella's, and then a stink column too. I'll do that later in the week, so more of, more of a general scale, different frame. But this is right here where I see uh, the, top four or the top four seed lines playing out right now all right so let's take a look so um you know does that mean you think alabama is the best team in the country if yes. i'm reading this right bar none i think they are i th i think there is a argument to be made that you could have Purdue still number one even after their loss over the weekend to indiana that's a tough loss at assembly hall crazy crowd uh Purdue they shot themselves in the foot over the weekend uh, in that game, I think that was a game Purdue could have won, but credit to Indiana for getting it done. I do think Alabama, despite their hiccup a couple of weeks ago, lost by 20-plus. That's an outlier. They're winning almost every SEC game by double digits. I think they're the number one team in the country and the second-best league in the country right now, probably. Um, so I have this ordered 
This is basically my top. See, I don't, I'm not buying that about the SEC. I'm not buying it. Well, you, you, I mean, there might be some analytics that tell me that, but this is one of those years where the Big Ten's not getting the pub. Mm. They're not getting the pub they normally get, and they get a lot of pub, and they fail in the tournament last couple of years. We all know that. I, but I, I think the Big Ten is a lot better than top to bottom in the SEC. I, I could see that. I just – you look at Purdue and you look at Indiana in the Big Ten. I just don't – Outside of Purdue and Indiana, I mean, Ohio State's had a down year. Michigan, you never really know what you're going to get out of Michigan. Northwestern got a really nice win last night at Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's had a yeah, roller coaster of the year. Michigan State, I know they kind of go through this a little bit. You don't want to play Iowa, another team. Not sure you want to play them in a tournament. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, Illinois, there's just I, – I, I'm, not, I'm not buying Illinois. I haven't – there's nothing with Illinois that makes me think that they're going to – really get it going here in the tournament they had a great December they had a pretty good November a great December and Matthew Meyer was talking about how he thought that Illinois was going to win the national championship and there was a lot of momentum around there and then they kind of crashed and burned into January I'm not buying the Big Ten as much as I am buying the SEC with Alabama you look it looked like Arkansas was going to fall off a cliff and now they've started to rebound Arkansas and Kentucky play tomorrow night at Rupp Arena and that is a huge game for both teams Kentucky's starting to play better Kentucky has won six of their last seven and six in a row in the SEC the one loss was to Kansas at Rupp Kentucky is very much starting to play better right now I would probably have Kentucky and Dayton I would probably put them as the last team in the field uh in Dayton could you imagine Big Blue Nation going to UD Arena. All right, let's get back to this list. All right. All right, so in the two seed, you got um, – I don't know what to make of Kansas. Arizona seems like it wins every night. Uh, UCLA had that little stretch last week where they lost a couple of times. They've got a nice team. Then you got Tennessee sitting in there. Yeah, I, I'm i not a huge believer in Tennessee. Got to be honest. Their offense really scares me. I know they have, they have a good resume and their computer metrics line up with being a top-tier team, they just scare me that they can lay an egg. And when you talk about teams uh, later this week, when I look at teams that are you know potential Final Four teams or second weekend teams, Tennessee would be in my second weekend team category. Uh, I, I don't think that Tennessee is a team that I would trust. They are a team that if they play consistently has the talent and the ability to get there because they defend at a high level. But I don't trust their offense to not have an off night in the two weeks of the tournament to get to that third weekend, to get to the final four. Uh, but I do think that their resume backs up a two seed right now. I'd have them as the eighth team for me. I'd have them as the last two seed in the field. One team coming on strong, the Baylor Bears. They won the national championship two years ago. Uh, playing good basketball. Iowa State, another team, had a big weekend, knocking off Kansas. Boy, every night in the Big 12. I mean, if you're Kansas, you've just gone through Kansas State. You guys were there last week. Then all of a sudden you play, you know, Iowa State. And now tonight you're playing... Uh, Texas. You're playing Texas. I mean, it never ends. Yeah. Brutal. Now, I notice I'm sitting here. Okay, so then you have, which comes as no surprise to anybody. I'm surprised they're not on the top line. What? The Xavier Musketeers, though ranked 16th in the country, you have them a three seed. Yeah, I think they'll probably get up to, to 13th or somewhere in there today. Uh, Virginia took a loss over the weekend to Virginia Tech. 
Uh, so I bumped them up. Marquette and Xavier for me right now are interchangeable, and that game on the 15th next week will tell me a lot. Marquette does have a game tomorrow night at UConn, which is a massive game for the Big East standings because if UConn wins that game, it's in Connecticut. If UConn wins that game, that gives Xavier the inside track for the Big East. I do think that the Big East champion will be either Xavier or Marquette. Right now, I would probably lean to Marquette just because of the easier schedule. But Marquette has famously not played well in February at all over the last three to four years. So if they can avoid a February collapse, their schedule probably sets up better. Xavier still has to go to Marquette, to Providence, to Seton Hall, who is tracking maybe to get into the uh, into the Dayton conversation as well. Seton Hall rallied for a nice win. Yes, not nice, but uh, didn't lose to DePaul yesterday at home. Xavier and Marquette. I have Xavier on that three line because right now they are in first in the Big East and have the tiebreaker over Marquette for the for the one seed in the Big East. And I think the one seed in the Big East will be on the three line. So that's why I have Xavier there right now. Marquette wins the Big East. I'd flip them. Um, Virginia, again, the ACC is so, so, so bad this year that I think you have to probably have the ACC champion on the three line. I'm not even sure Virginia is going to win the ACC at this point. They they, I'd have to look at the standings. I haven't looked at standings in the last week or so. Um, they might not, and if they don't, I'd bump them down. They, they're 17 and four on the year. They lost to Virginia Tech over the weekend. They don't. I mean, they beat Baylor and Illinois uh, on neutral floors back in November, but that was a long time ago. I, I don't know what to do with the ACC. I, I really don't because Duke and UNC are both going to make the tournament. Duke will end up being a six seed maybe six or seven seed uh, unc will make the tournament so where everybody talks about duke and unc being down this year they are down relative to their standards but duke's in a coaching change and everything else i i have no idea what to do with virginia and the acc um i mean you look at clemson who right now is on top of the acc at 10 and 3 by the computers they're 68th in the country and are they going to really hold on and win the conference? Then you have Virginia and Pitt right behind them at nine and three, and in, in, in second place, a half game, by, a half game behind. I'll say that Virginia ends up winning the ACC, and I'll stick them on the three line, but I don't love it. And then the four line, I, I threw Indiana in there. I'm not buying St. Mary's. St. Mary's is like sixth in the net right now and seventh on Ken Palm. I'm not buying St. Mary's either. I'm not buying the WCC. Gonzaga stinks. St. Mary's might stink. They have an incredible freshman, Aiden Mahaney. Um, a ton of fun if you watch that game on Saturday night at 1030 out there um, and, uh, at St. Mary's. That was a, a great game. Went to overtime. St. Mary's won. Mahaney was incredible in overtime. But I'm just, I'm just not buying St. Mary's having as many quad three losses as quad one wins. But for some reason, the computers are, and... I'll throw them in there as the 16th team. So there's there's my top four seeds. I am very surprised, and I know it's five out of 16, so you're talking almost one-third. But I am surprised you don't have more Big 12 teams in there. I just look at what these teams have to go through con c compared to, okay, on the top line, compared to Purdue and Houston, yeah. compared to... Uh, Tennessee, I don't think the SEC is any good. I mean, so you, 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 either way, it's fine. Compared to Xavier, compared to Virginia. Well, I mean, schools like TCU, and there are others. 
they have played, I mean, vastly stronger night in and night out teams every single night just because of the conference they play in. I'm not putting I'm not putting St. Mary's on a four line ahead of somebody that's been banging around all year in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I would agree with you that I probably would have TCU as a. I, and I, I didn't th- mean just them. There are other good teams in that league. No, no I, well, TCU I think is really the only one in the conversation of it that I don't already have on that list because I already have Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State and Baylor up there. That's five of the top six in the uh, in the Big Twelve. I, I did not put TCU in there. I put St. Mary's over TCU. TCU probably would have been my my top five seed. Um, I just – TCU's taken on some water in the Big 12, which, again, is the best conference Well, they've been missing a lot of players. So you, Their yeah. best player has the, not played in two of their losses. Yeah, Eddie Lampkin, he's he, – No, I'm talking about Miles. Oh, okay. I mean, he missed two games when they got beat. Okay, yeah. There's, there are definitely some mitigating things there with TCU – but I'll throw five of the top six in the Big 12. I think the Big 12 will end up getting seven teams in comfortably, potentially eight. West Virginia has really, really good metrics, even though they're only three and seven in the Big 12 right now. They do have a winning record. I'd like to see West Virginia get back to 500 in the Big 12 to get in, which I think they can do. They're playing a lot better right now. West Virginia just beat Oklahoma by like 30 over the weekend, yep. 32. Yep. Um, Texas Tech won't get in. That's why o- you guys were ready to hang up hugs last week. <laughs> yeah. You guys were ready to hang him up. H- hugs. Hugs. Has- hugs! <laughs> hugs has longer on the leash than Bayheim does. Bayheim was an embarrassment over the weekend. What was embarrassing with him over the weekend? He just asking good questions. Yeah, after the show, I'll show you. He, he He's always been a cranky dude. I mean, always been a cranky guy. You know, he comes across and he's painted oftentimes by these network-level announcers. Oh, Jim Bay. I mean, great. He's had great success. Yeah. He is not a pleasant guy when it comes to no. – did he beat up on some kids or something that asked well, questions? Well, so two press conferences. This is different. This is now two press conferences in a row that he's done this, or two in the last week. So two, like last week, the first thing that happened when that brought up our whole discussion with it last week was that a student reporter came in. The first question that he asked in the in the press conference was about the health of a player, and he went off on this kid. And then the what happened over the week? What, let me interrupt. He 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 jumped on the kid because of like a HIPAA thing, or I just asking just for I guess asking a question availability. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Right. Okay. I didn't. Right. Yeah. It was just he. The kid asked a fair question. Beheim didn't give him the time of day. Okay. The then over the weekend, the way I interpret it was that he was basically accusing like three different pro- programs of paying for teams and buying teams and the NIL thing, and he he just went off, and it was a bizarre rant, and he checked all the boxes. He just went after everybody. It. it he. he he checked like seven different boxes of people that he was getting mad at, and it was it was not a good look. And it makes it seem like he's probably going to come back again next year. But man, I Bayheim's got to hang well, out. Well, there's an update on this story. Twenty three minutes ago. Oh, okay. What what happened? What is it? Jim Bayheim issued a public apology this morning oh, after accusing three ACC opponents of buying players over the weekend. He said he'd like to clarify his remarks that he had with a media member. 
said, I apologize to the schools I mentioned. I believe the ACC member institutions are in compliance with NCAA rules governing NIL. It was not my intention to imply otherwise. So his quote was, this is an awful place we're in with college basketball. Pittsburgh bought a team. (laughs) Network clarifying that. Okay, fine. He said, my big donor talks about it, but he doesn't give anyone any money. Nothing. Not one guy. Our guys like make $20,000. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. These were his comments. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He says, really, this is where we are. That's really where we are, and it's only going to get worse. He said, long-time coaches are leaving the, professionally, uh, the profession because of changes that the NIL has brought to the sport. Now, I do believe that. And he went on to say that he's convinced that's why both Jay Wright and Mike Krzyzewski got out. Yeah. Dealing with that nonsense. I agree. Jay Wright was phenomenal. He's so good, man. He really is. He's, he was on the broadcast yesterday for Ohio State, Michigan. Yep. He is so good. He's so good. And I'm glad we get to hear him in the booth and he didn't completely go away from the college game. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I truly do believe Jay Wright got out for that reason. And I credit to him. Credit to, credit to the guys that got – now, Krzyzewski hung on too long. But credit to a guy like Jay Wright who recognized the issue right away, had a good team, realized he was going to have to reset. I mean, Villanova did have Cam Whitmore who's going to go to the NBA draft this year. He's going to be a first-round talent, probably a lottery pick this year. And – he realized, ah, we'll be good, but we won't be Final Four good next year. He got out. So credit to him. Um, I, uh, I, yeah. Syracuse, I mean, that's, Syracuse is a good program, and that's what's sad about it is they're, they're a good program with resources and a media empire behind them that just can't win right now because they have a coach that's, Hung on for probably 10 years too long. What's the media empire behind them? Uh, just all the Syracuse grads that yeah. have come out of That's there. That's what and, I'm talking about. Everybody talking him up all the time because they're all Syracuse alumni, right? Yeah. So now you get down into this situation where you have, where you have a coach that needs to probably retire. And he's just held on a little too long. And, and Syracuse has made it. Miracle NCAA tournament runs lately. But they, they were in the Final Four not too long ago. They went to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. I mean, they've been around. It's not like they're completely irrelevant. They just – it's just tired. But to, to getting back to, to one more thing to finish it up, I saw somebody in the chat made a good point about how there are, are no great teams in college basketball this year. I feel like every year we get to a point, and I do the same thing. Obviously, I cover the Big East a lot. We, we do the same thing where I go to the Big East tournament every year, and in our preview show for the Big East tournament, we always say, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's so wide open this year. But really, there's always Villanova hanging over your head, and Villanova consistently wins the Big East tournament. That's not the case this year in the Big East, and it truly is when we say that, when we say it's wide open. It truly is wide open. I look at college basketball every year, and I say, I know it's every year it's wide open or whatever. But then you look like two or three years ago, you say that they did have a dominant team in Gonzaga that was trying to go undefeated. You, you don't have a team this year in my mind. You don't have a team this year that you're sitting there thinking to yourself, 
okay, these two teams or the one seed. Some years you get it where you might not have one team, but at least the one seed line is very clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. Arizona could get hot here in the last couple mm -hmm. of weeks and easily slot themselves up into that one line. Purdue catches a, another loss. They're not going to – Purdue will stay on the one line. Alabama will probably stay on the one line. But Houston's going to stay on the one line. Houston, yeah. Houston almost looks like, like they just – they just don't care anymore about the AAC. It's like they yesterday they were what winning or tied at halftime or it was close at halftime. They go on and they win by sixteen. I think Temple only had made eight shots in the second half, something crazy like that. After Temple beat Houston in Houston earlier this year, I think I think Houston just needs to get back to the NCAA tournament. But I will always contend, and this is just a personal belief of mine. I will always contend that I will take a team that can outscore you like Alabama or like uh, Xavier or like a Marquette. I will always take a team like that over a team like UCLA or a Houston or one of those that relies too heavily on their defense. Because if you go cold, and, and this is a great perspective on a Houston team where if you get down into a game where it's, say 52 to 46 and Houston's winning 52 to 46 in a Houston game feels like a ton, but you're two threes away from feeling like you're right. You're two threes, you're two possessions away from being right back in the game. And that's where if you get down to these teams that are so defensively uh, or, or defensive, these defensive minded teams, I trust the offense more than I trust the defense. I have never once in my life been a believer in the defense wins championships. I think defense puts you in a position to win championships. Defense does not win championships. Um, I think offense, good offense in college basketball will always win you a championship in this day and age. And uh, not saying you can't, you have to at least be serviceable. These teams that just want to score in the hundreds, that's not going to work either. But I'm not going to buy a Houston or a UCLA like I am in Alabama or even a Purdue to a certain extent, but Purdue just has – they got a freak, Zach Eady, 7'4". And a 7'4 player who can really play basketball too and is a lot of fun to watch. It's so funny. Paul, they're wondering if you should have a shot clock. Should, well, hey, if you, if you guys – I'm not interrupting you. I'm just saying on the chat, Reed Mouse Reed. just said, should there be a shot clock? You had one on Casey. And they want to know, should Casey have one now, since we're shifting gears into your realm of expertise, which is unbelievable, should you have a shot clock? I mean, if you, if you want. I, I didn't ask if I wanted. I'm asking you were the one that would punch the button on Casey. Ah, right? I, Casey, I let you so go. should Casey Brandon. be able to punch one on I you? I don't know about Brandon. Brandon's going to hop in. Brandon's, Brandon's the shot clock operator. No, but this is good stuff because, Paul, you know we're kidding around. I mean, this is good stuff because, look, I think a lot of us, as we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with the show, is trying to kind of get a, a primer getting going here where we can get caught up on a lot of this stuff for the last couple of weeks. Because the conference tournaments start, what, first week of March? Yeah, mid-major week is the first week of March, and then uh, all the major conferences are the uh, 8th to the 12th of March. Yep. Seven or seventh to the twelfth, whatever that second week is. Selection Sunday is March twelfth. March twelfth. Yep. Okay. So then that will go uh that'll go up. Yeah. That'll definitely go into uh obviously into April, as it always does. But yep. that will be uh that will be fun. Uh getting us there. Um okay, so what we're gonna do is over the next few days 
is, uh, Paul, let's figure out a conference or two, okay? We're going to do two conferences a day? We'll do two conferences a day, and as of right now, we'll go through the conference outside of the total bottom feeders in some of these, you know? We'll do the top seven. Who is, uh, who's in and who's out as of right now, okay? I'll, I'll, we'll do two conferences a day. We'll do it in alphabetical order. We'll do the AAC because of Cincinnati. Fair enough. And we'll, we'll go through and we'll talk about just, just how the conferences have done. We'll do the, the Power Six and the AAC. And then we will uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Do that. That's great stuff. Casey, All right. You were going to say? Nothing. Um, I was just going to see if you guys wanted to transition to phone calls. Let's try it. That? Are we ready to go? Oh, my God. Oh, we're taking calls. Right, here we calls. go. It's a big step. It's a big step. I wish there was a way that we could, you know, some of the regulars on here would be the first one to be our inaugural show. So I want to make sure that I can read this myself. So. Uh, our number is, is that six, what? 605-313-313-5854. So six. And once you call that number in, you're going to enter in that code at the bottom with a pound sign or uh, whatever that, um, the star sign, whatever that they call it. Um, and that will get you into the, the waiting period. And then I'm going to screen the phone calls and, um, we're going to go from there. This may be a little bumpy. It's okay. We're, we're going to, this is the first time we're doing it. We're doing it live. So let's see how it works. Okay. And again, we ask, look, pl please just be kind. Okay. There's no sense in, 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 in like, you know. You want to go back and get your chuckles uh, laughing at yourself or getting somebody else to laugh at yourself if you watched a replay of it on YouTube or something? Okay, that's fine. If that's who you are, great. Um, but otherwise, we have a lot of regulars that are with us. Uh, Paul reminds us his college basketball podcast, The Rebound Rundown, is yeah. daily. And so, you know, for those of you, you got your uh, appetites um, uh, wet here in this whole deal, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, by all means, Check it out. Yeah. And they can find that where? Anywhere Apple, a podcast is, Apple, right? Spotify, yeah. I record it around midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m. After the last college basketball game is done every night, I record it. It's just eight, nine, ten minutes, and it's everything you need to know. It's mostly the local teams. I, I recap every single local game um, from all the eight or nine local teams that I cover, and then uh, I'll do a national segment at the end as well, especially as we're getting in now and we know teams that are going to make it and aren't. Um, so, yeah. Jordan right. says, put Sir Boy Wonder on first. But, uh, hey, look, you know, we, we, we don't know who's going to get through first. It's pretty complicated down there at the bottom with the code thing. I think that's something we're going to need to work on, right? We're so not sure just... if we can get rid of the access code. That's the problem. I got you. Okay. Well, we're working on all this stuff. We're trying. So, once somebody gets on there, and again, bear with us. We're trying this for the first time. We're hoping to have Brian Billick coming on uh, at 1130. He had a doctor's appointment this morning. He's getting ready to go down to the Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, I'm heading out to Phoenix, in fact, this weekend. Um, we'll not be going to the Super Bowl, but we'll be there in Phoenix, where I <clears throat> called home for uh, 14 years. My wife, born and raised out there, still has family out there, so we are uh, going out there. And our son wants to, for the first time ever, check out that Waste Management Golf Tournament. That 16th hole. Has anybody watched the replay of that last year on the hole-in-one? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I remember in the days when that thing used to be called the Phoenix Open. Now it's a waste management, Phoenix, whatever. 
But, I mean, when I was living out there, that, that whole thing was just getting going. You had a bunch of students that would come up from Arizona State, uh, you know, maybe about a 10-mile ride from down in Tempe up to the northern part of Scottsdale where they hold the tournament out of the TPC there at Scottsdale. And it was just kind of getting going. It'd be a bunch of kids coming out on a Thursday or a Friday drinking beer in the afternoon. They'd huddle around that 16th hole. There were none of the, 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 the tents and all that. Now they've got the whole thing enclosed entirely. I mean, you look at a picture of that thing now. It's just, it's unbelievable. So he's going to um, check it out. All right. Um, so 605-313-5854. 605-313-5854. And then you go to the code 537. They have to put the dash in. Nope. All right. So just 537-047-6-STAR. Correct? Correct. So Sir Boy Wonder says he's trying to call in and it's not working. Okay. So. Well, we're, we're working through all this because we, we were just starting to talk about this here the last couple of days. And, um, and so we're trying to, um, to get it going. All right. What else while we're waiting on that? Uh, I saw where they did the Madden run like uh, Brandon was doing. You know, the Madden run through the uh, Super Bowl matchup. And they say that the oh, yeah. Eagles are going to win the game. The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, you've made it very clear, Casey, you believe that is the deal. The Eagles are going to win. I do believe so. Okay. Well, the Madden simulator, let's see. Um, let's see. The NFL, the Madden NFL 23's official simulation is predicting the Eagles to pull away in the second half and easily handle the Kansas City Chiefs. 31 to 17. I'm not buying that. That's a lot. 31-17, the over didn't even hit there. They have Jalen Hurts winning the MVP, saying he's going to throw for 282 yards and two touchdowns and run for 88 yards and another touchdown. Wow. Okay. And this is all on a, uh, what did I say, 31-17? And according to the simulator, Travis Kelsey is going to catch the first touchdown of the game to put Kansas City ahead. So they are basically getting boat raced in this game, according to the Madden simulator. Brandon, how, how uh, accurate was um, the simulations you were doing as he's sitting there with a mouthful of food? I think uh, we were off three, ga three games. Only off three games. From winner or loser? Yep. So all the other ones predicted accurately outside of the three, the Bengals games over the course of the year. Yep. Wow. The Pitts, first, game of the year. first game of the year had the Bengals beating the Steelers. Kick. Yeah, and the walk-off kick overtime, and the Bengals turned the ball over five times in that game. So, um, but that's a deal. Paul, what are you thinking about that game? Uh, I'm leaning Eagles right now. I'm going to let the week play out a little longer, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm leaning Eagles right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think so, right? I think that's what we're doing, Eagles. Eagles make sense. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I keep going back and forth. In a pick'em game like this, usually I would take the underdog, get the plus odds. Yep. yep. But 
I just don't know how anybody picks against Mahomes. I really don't. Yeah. I'm not saying the guy's going to win, but what's his third time to the Super Bowl in the last four years? Right? Yeah. Won one, lost one, playing on one leg, finds a way to get it done. In the win over the Bengals last Sunday, he's got two weeks now to get that ankle even better. I think everybody thought it was a miracle in and of itself after he got injured in the Jacksonville game. That, uh, you know, there were people predicting that, yeah, the adrenaline of the Jacksonville game, if they gave him a, you know, a shot during that game to get him back on the field after he came out for a little bit, that, that that combination of adrenaline and whatever would get him through the Jacksonville game. But then once he got up Monday morning, you know, there were people predicting this guy would be walking around on crutches Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. He's bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Now, he did aggravate it during the game. We saw that. But now two full weeks to get ready. Jalen Hurts has had a phenomenal year. Uh, was the best player on the best team the whole year. But Mahomes is pretty doggone good, even though Casey doesn't want to come to that realization. We, uh, we're still working here on the... I, uh, I just reset the, uh, the software if people want to try to call in one more time. All right. It should work now. All right. So, I, I, again, is that an 8 or is that an O? Those are O's. Those okay. are zeros. Okay. So 605-313-5854. And you go to, once you get in there, 537-8476-STAR. That's zero. zero. Yeah, that's a zero. So we put it up in the top of the chat, the pinned. The pinned. Well, what's a zero? All those are zeros. They're except, except for the 5854 and the phone number. Well, where is there another zero? <laughs> it's five. So it's 605-313-5854. That's the phone number. And then the code is 537-047-6 oh, okay. and then star. Okay, I see. Sir Boy Wonder. He's got to get in there, right? I mean, he's he got to be the first one in there. He said he tried. He, Sir Boy Wonder has been the person asking for... Uh, asking for phone calls for the last three months. Uh, well, we, they're wearing us out for this number. We're to, uh, <laughs> I mean, and you know what? And they're right. They're, they're wearing us we, out. We, I shouldn't have dropped this on Casey today to try and do this today because that's just too much going on. I mean, it's not like you can just well, all of a sudden, you know, boom, 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 and you're well, in. Well, the thing is, I just tested it on my phone. It worked fine. So I don't know what's going on. I guess those people can't follow directions. Uh-oh. Well, and they're having out, a hard chat. time like oh. I am reading what the numbers are. I mean, the eight looks like a zero. The zero <laughs> looks like an eight. But there's you know. an... Oh, well. I posted it in the YouTube comment section clear for, for the a clearer look. And if uh, you can't read that, then... Now, some people are wondering, why is it a long-distance number? So, Not that it matters on most phone you know, services in this day and age, but some it does. I, I'm not really sure, okay. to be honest. Okay. Well, they're getting all over Trace about that. All over. All right, boys, what else is on your mind here today? Wait, wait hold on. Hold on. We might have something here. <clears throat> oh, God. Let's see here. Hang on. 
Oh. Oh, they just left. We had somebody. We had and someone. And they hung up. And they left. It might have been Sir Boy Wonder. Uh, Joshua says it's um, it's just a digital phone service. Is that what it is? Correct. Yeah, it's a website that we're going through. It's not an actual. No- you're, we're not we're not picking up a number. It's a website. It's free. Okay. Well, I'm not going to give them free advertising. Okay. But it's All right. yes. All right. What else we got? Anybody thinking about uh, anything else going on right now? I know you guys are over there uh, trying hard on the um, the phone call. Uh, let's see here. We have, we actually, we did have something, right? We had, uh, I was looking at the chat. There was something that people wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, we had, we had somebody in here and it's gone. Uh, all right. We did the Super Bowl. We've done college basketball. We have done, um, oh, Pro Bowl. Did you watch the Pro Bowl yesterday, Tom? I did not. But I, I did see the highlight where uh, I loved uh, Jamar Chase breaking out the gritty. And then he threw the ball to T. Higgins. And Tyler Boyd tried to offer him a bottle of tequila. Yeah. I thought, uh, and Burrow's out there with him. I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good event. Is Burrow there? You I, know, they did a few is, things that were kind of cool. We talked about it, and I know, look, I, you know, everybody badmouthed the game, and I get it. I announced one of those things before, and, you know, there's not a lot of hitting going on. You know what, guys getting hurt. Um, you know, look, they're just coming up with ideas. And the easiest thing in the world is you just sit there and take shots at the NFL. And, and I'm not beholden to the NFL, but I mean, at least they're trying to do something. And, and, and obviously there's an appetite for it out there because it looked to me on television like that place in Vegas had a serious crowd at a lot of this stuff, right? Yeah. I thought people were trying. It was, I thought it was fun. What was the uh, what was the hit on Tyreek Hill? Did he get blown up by somebody oh, in the corner yeah. of the end zone? Yeah, I I saw in the a highlight. Game. Yeah, I saw the highlight. It's brutal. Wait, hold on. We might have somebody. Hi, are you calling into the show? <laughs> oh, I I know who this is. Yeah, I mean Joshua says, look, it looked like everyone was actually trying in the flag football game. Hi. Uh, Joshua said, my kids really wanted to watch it. So, uh, yes, hello, can you hear me? Now, is that going out over the air? We don't, I don't know. You can hear me, right? Hold on. Okay, I think we're good. All right, so I'm going to get you on the show here in just a second, all right? All right, here we go. Is that going out over the air when no. I hear Casey talking to No, he's to talking to the person on the phone. Okay, but I can hear him. You, we no, can they're hear saying okay. his mic is hot. Oh, God. Oh, no. All right, so. All right, again, we're just we, working through some of the, the wrinkles here. We should be able to talk to. Yep, your mic is hot now. All right, oh, there who, he is. Who, who do we have here to start off our first inaugural caller? I'm a, it's a little hard to hear, but uh, and you might be disappointed that it's not Sir Wait. Boy Wonder. It's okay. Who is this? I'm a, it's a little hard to hear, but uh, you might be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's Sir Boy. Boom shaka laka, baby. Attaboy, <laughs> boom shakalaka. One of our favorite nicknames of anything. You are the very first caller ever, boom shakalaka, here on Off the Bench. And we appreciate you taking the time and your patience coming through. You doing all right today? I'm fantastic. Boys, I don't have anything intelligent to say. I just wanted to congratulate you on how great this show is, how well you all seem to adapt and overcome anytime there's a transition between sports 
Um, I love it. Well, Boom Shot, what part of town are you in, Boom? I live in Fairfield. boy. All right, so you're just right down the road. We can't thank you enough right for being with us all the time, man. Thanks so much. Do we have uh, – the only question I would have is, do we have a spot yet lined up? We think we're going to do a live show somewhere for March Madness? Oh, yeah, we'll definitely have something lined up for March Madness. Yeah. Yes, definitely. We, we will have some stuff coming up, and we'll let you and everybody else know uh, what we're going to do as far as um, – uh, going somewhere and watching some of the games and, and getting involved with Betfred or something where we can all start making some bets. Is that all right with you? You'll come out and join us, right? I'm there, baby. All right, baby. We love it. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> there it is. Keep Our up, keep up the great work, fellas. I love it. Thank you, brother. Boy, it's great to hear from him. I mean, everybody all fired up. Uh, Let's everybody. go, Casey. You got it done. Casey. Good job, Casey. Casey. Casey's, Casey's sweating bullets over here. Everett and everybody wishing uh, Boom congratulations. There we go. That's good stuff. Good stuff. It's good to have. So that was our first call. We're going we're gonna to continue to navigate um, through this. And, again, hoping that, um, Andrew, thanks for your heads up as well, hoping that we can um, start to do this more regularly. Yeah, it'll be a much smoother process next time. No, I, I, I mean, believe. We know. It's the first time we've tried it. I mean, it's the first time we've tried it. You know, I, I was sitting there thinking, though, all right, you know, about ideas over the weekend, about the, what to do with this show. I mean, seriously, let, let, let's take a look at this right now as we sit here this very minute at quarter after 11. We've been here an hour and 15 minutes. We've talked a ton about college basketball, hit the Super Bowl a little bit, um, and we'll talk more about that the remainder of the week. But we got to find ways to start, you know, generating the kind of interest and it's not going to be the same as it was during football season that's naive to believe and we talked about baseball coming up but for a lot of you that are that have been with us from the very beginning and i'd be curious to um i'd be curious to get your opinions on should we start drifting into some other things do we start drifting into um you know things going on in and around town right should we start getting into, um, I don't know, uh, having interviews with uh, musicians? Oh. With try to hunt down TV or movie people. I mean, do we think about that? I was at the Blind Lemon. Uh, saw your name up on the wall, Tom. Well, I mean, I'm a regular at the Blind Lemon. My main man, Eddie Shepard, who's owned that place for 52 years, him and his wife, uh, Pat, uh, they're like my second parents. Uh, I used to live at their house every winter when I was doing the um, UC basketball games. And so I live in Chicago, so I drive back and forth and uh, stay at their house. And yeah, 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 yeah. You, what you didn't notice, though, there is only one picture. Now, at the bar and grill, two doors down, which the Shepherds also own, there are lots of pictures. There's pictures of a lot of the actors and actresses from the playhouse in the park. There are political, both sides of the aisle. I mean, there are pictures anywhere in there from, you know, uh, Ted Kennedy to Rush Limbaugh to whatever autograph pictures to Ed Shepard, right? There's only one picture in the Blind Lemon. Only one. If you walk in the Blind Lemon and you go back to the back room, and as you walk into the back room and immediately look over your left shoulder next to the fireplace, there is a picture of Ed Shepard and me and my dad. My last night in Cincinnati 
before I left to announce the Cubs games. From 1989. Only picture in the blind lemon. Huh. Next time I go, I go, I go pretty often. Next time I go, I'll have to check it out. That is, it's still pound for pound. It's the best joint in this town. Bar none. Yeah. Were you in there with your girl? Yeah, me, Lizzie, and then uh, two of our friends from college went. We sat outside by the fire. It is elite because you can go and it's 40 degrees or 30 degrees and you're fine. You sit outside by that fire. Oh, it's great. It's the best. It is the best. We have uh, we have a, uh, a guest joining us here in just a second. Not a phone call, but we do have a guest. Brian Bill. Oh, good. Brian was able to get back. Okay, great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good. Everett, Everett, how's the air up there? Uh, Reed Mouse asked a question. Is he the only one excited for the World Baseball Classic? And the answer to that is without a doubt. Is that he, happening this year? He is the only one that is excited about that. That I can tell you. I'm guessing it is if Reed's talking about it. I mean, you know. I mean, am I the only one that's excited for oh, FCC's start back up? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm with you, Casey. It's coming up. It's Let's the end of You know, it's interesting. Somebody from Channel 19 today, I don't know if it's Frank Marzullo or somebody else, somebody tweeted that out today asking the question, are you more excited for FC Cincinnati or the Reds? I mean... Just the idea that FC Cincinnati was running neck and neck, if not ahead of the Reds, that tells you all you need to know. All right. Kind enough to join us from Columbus, Ohio, on his way out to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl winning head coach, Brian Billick. Brian, I got to ask you, I saw, um, I saw getting some pub that there is this, this, this uh, documentary thing coming out on the Baltimore Ravens. What do you know about that? Yeah, it was on last night. It's a 30 for 30 segment. It's uh, unbelievable. They filmed it uh, 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 last fall. Uh, basically, is the anniversary of our first Super Bowl. And they brought together um, myself, Shannon Sharp, Rod Woodson, Trent Dilfer, Marvin Lewis, God rest his soul, Tony Saragusa, which was very prophetic to have him. Uh, and did it at the Meyerhoff in Baltimore with all the fans. There were 3,000 fans there. And then basically just a, a rehashing or a, a revisiting of that, that special times. And uh, I have not seen it yet. I taped it. I was traveling yesterday, but it was on last night. And it was a 30 for 30 segment. And, uh, I'm anxious to see it. I'm curious. You know, when, when you're getting ready to go down to the Super Bowl out in Arizona uh, tomorrow, and, and I'm curious, you know, the first thing pops in your mind about – the Super Bowl when you were the head coach and took the Ravens there, was it the second the game ended? Was it something during the game? Was it something during the week? Well, you know, it's it's obviously such a special time. And and in looking back in retrospect and having been around the Super Bowls the way I have, both for Fox and the NFL Network, just the scope and the size of the Super Bowl, which for me, I was totally oblivious to. All, you know, we were at the hotel and we went to practice and came back. And for the whole week, and, and you, you hope your players are the same way. Uh, but it, it was, and particularly this year, because uh, I was just out in Phoenix, to know that the USO, the, the Phoenix Open and the Super Bowl are both going on at the same time. Uh, Phoenix is not, and I don't know that Phoenix is ready, totally ready for the invasion of the Philly fan. As you know, that's a different breed. That they may, they may. Uh, this could be one for the the record book. But for us, it was just um, you know the the fact that uh, that 
to me, I was totally oblivious of all the things going on. And then, uh, and then afterwards you realize, I, I always tell the story that, you know, obviously the party went all night. It was phenomenal, but in the infinite wisdom of the NFL, they make the head coach get up and have an eight o'clock news conference yeah. the next morning. And, and I, so, you know, about 6am or so I left the party and went back to the suite to shower and, and had in the shower for lack of a better term, kind of a panic attack. Cause it was like, Oh my God, what do I do now? I mean, it was just in our second year and the expectations that you created it's, it's, uh, yeah, it was, but it was a very special time and obviously great, great memories. Every time I go back to the Super Bowl of our time there. Where, where is that fine line, Brian? Uh, you got two weeks now before the game. Uh, you know, they, they, they vacillated on that from time to time, whether it would be a week or two weeks, whatever it is. Now pretty much etched in stone, it's going to be two weeks. But when, when you're sitting down to create uh, the schedule, and you, you alluded to it, but I'd like to hear a little bit more detail on that. Where is the fine line on being able, uh, you know, your players being able to enjoy the Super Bowl and some of the things that go on that don't always have to entail, you know, going out and drinking all night or all that kind of thing. I mean, you know, wh wh where is where is the line there? Well, the most common bit of advice I got throughout, whether it was Bill Walsh or Dan Reeves or anybody that, that I sought input from, was don't overcoach or don't over game plan. If, if you try to use the entire two weeks, it's going to be stale by the end of. So we used the first week. We we had to go the free agent, or the, the free uh, the, the wild card route. So we played a lot of games all on the road. So I used that first week. We did nothing physically. We met kind of rudimentary some game plan things. Spent most of the time. Okay, you know how do you get your tickets? Uh, who's going to travel down the hotel? All those arrangements. And our administrative staff did a phenomenal job. Had the game plan installed, even though we hadn't physically practiced it, by Sunday. We could have played the game that first Sunday, at least from a game planning standpoint. Um, and then we came down, I think, on a Monday. And, and now you try to put them on a normal routine. And you do stress. You know, look, Tampa, our Super Bowl was in Tampa. Tampa's great, but you really want to experience Tampa, do it at next. Do it later, okay? We're here to work. And, and yeah, you're going to have family down or whatever, and you want to have that kind of, uh, and, you know, enjoy the, ex you know, live the experience, so to speak, but we're here to work. And so when we got down there, then we, you know, we, our practices, I actually, I kind of surprised the players. I put them in pads the first week or the first practice just to kind of set a tone that, okay, we need to kind of get our pads back underneath us, put the game plan in physically because we already had it in mentally. And you and you really work hard to keep on them on what what felt as best you could a normal week of preparation leading to the game on Sunday. Now, when when, when I've been to and covered um, um, more from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, national championship games in college football, um, is the deal when you get to Phoenix, and, and most fans don't know the answer to this question. Most of the time, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, when, when your team gets into town, uh, and most of the teams will come out, what today, tomorrow, something like that. Most, most, some months, most on Monday, probably, I don't know what they're doing, but most teams uh, usually going on Monday. Okay. And so you basically are given uh, a practice field to go practice. I guess one team, uh, maybe theoretically is given the Arizona Cardinals workout facility and the other one is given a local high school field, right? So you got all Arizona that transportation. State. They do it out of Arizona State. Or Arizona State. Okay. Okay. So 
you know, Phoenix is so spread out. It, it, I mean, like, you know, much more spread out than Tampa is an example. And Tampa's pretty spread out, but nothing like uh, Arizona. Do, do you allow the players to, I mean, do you have a, you have a, you have a curfew every night? Well, we were, and you're right, it is different compared to when it's in New Orleans or when it was in Indianapolis where it's, everything's just right there, which is kind of neat having covered the games like you have uh, from a media standpoint. It's great when everything's right there. Phoenix, you're right, it's just so spread out. And the play and, and where they're staying, uh, I'm not sure exactly where they're staying, but it was like before, last time I was there was when it was the Giants in New England. I mean, they're at, the, they're at some golf resort. They're spread out all over the place. Um and like I said, it's it's a crazy week. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You do because we came in Monday, and you do your media obligations, and then Tuesday was their day off, and we gave them their day off. So you do whatever you want to do. Um, but there again, particularly in Phoenix, the fact that you got both the Open and the Super Bowl, it's like okay, well, really, what do you want to do? You know, yeah, you better make your plans early to go out to dinner. Our families didn't come down until Wednesday. Um, and so, uh, they, you know, the players just kind of kick back on Tuesday. And then now you get back into, like you said, the, the normal routine of practice. Then the player, then the families come in. Uh, we had our families at a separate hotel. Because, uh, again, we wanted to kind of keep that, okay, you're here. And, that, and, and everybody was in the separate hotel. Um, and so you try to keep it on that same schedule. Let the families have fun and do all the things going on. Uh, and yeah, you're going to be involved with it, but the players understood. It also gave the players a, a great out by being in a separate hotel. As I said, okay, just put it on me because uh, you you know you may not want to go do this with your family. Just say, hey, I'd love to, but coach says I can't. And, you know, so I, I let them. You know, I could be the bad guy if they wanted to because most of them just wanted to kind of just uh, chill and get ready for the game. Um, one final little uh, just just because people aren't privy to this kind of thing when you guys set up in a hotel whatever that team hotel is um you know a lot of people whether you're a salesperson whatever the case may be you go to these you know conventions you have and you have these enormous second and third and fourth level of convention spaces uh, at some of these hotels those are typically the kind of places where you guys would go because you have so many people there i mean you're setting up everything there are meeting rooms from one end of the place to the other, uh, medically, talk about the way that's set up. It's almost like a little mini hospital in there, right? Yeah, it is. You, basically, we took over the entire hotel, and you couldn't get in there unless you were part of the organization. We had administrative floor. We had our meeting levels, and, and obviously where the, the therapy and the guys could get their massages and chiropractors and all that kind of stuff. And then, and, and then obviously in the rooms, I remember that David Modell, God rest his soul, was our president. And he had, he had told the administrative group, he said, look, because we know what a coach is. Because you know me, I'm like every anal, retentive, obsessive coach. I'm going to constantly, okay, what's going on here? What's going on there? Are we good? They, and, and he had told, he got the entire organization and said, look, when coach makes his swing through the administrative wing, I don't care if there are bodies in the closet. I don't care if cars have blown up. What, when he says everything, it's sure, great, no problem, coach, no problem. So, I, you know, all week I'm thinking, boy, we got this thing nailed. There has not been problem one. I didn't realize there were people missing and buses blown up and you know, all that stuff going on because they just, oh, no, we're good, coach. We're, no, nope, don't worry about it. You're fine. Go back to, go back to whatever it is you do. Look, uh, players play, coaches coach. Uh, generally the team with the best players executing the way they're supposed to win the game. Um, is it an advantage 
that Andy Reid has been through this stuff. I mean, just twice in the last three years, third time now in the last four. Uh, it, it's an advantage if your players are used to it because, again, they know the routine. We relied heavily on a Shannon Sharp and a Rod Woodson who had been to Super Bowls because I had a team that really hadn't experienced that and really relied on their experiences to kind of set the tone and the pacing of the week. That's the biggest thing is the players dealing with all the, the distraction, all the other things going on and understanding what that pacing is. So from that standpoint, yeah, it is. If the more players that you have, the, the better it is that they just, oh yeah, yeah, this is how this happens. And uh, yeah, uh, and, then, and then it's obviously, once you get done with practice on Friday, from Friday after practice until Sunday game time, that is the longest 48 hours in your life because it just, you know, and that, you, again, you have to prepare your players for that. And, and the game is like no other game because of pregame and how long it is. And it's a 20-minute or 30-minute halftime. So you try to prepare for, okay, yeah, it, this is just a game to us, but this is going to feel different. So you try to stay a little focused on that. Uh, but the way we, and I'm sure most teams do it, the way we had it, and we were kind of sequestered in that hotel in Tampa down near the airport was a hide, I think. Uh, we had the whole place. And so we, you know, we were on lockdown and could, it was like being in our facility. So it worked out great. Um, when you look at this game, uh, obviously you've got the two best teams. I don't think there's any doubt about that. At least they were during the regular season and proved to be obviously in the playoffs. Is there one team you like more than another? Uh, it's basically a pick em game. Yeah, it is. And, and, and obviously you have to, you, Patrick Mahomes is such a unique dynamic player. We've talked about that a million times. I think the physicality of Philadelphia, their ability to put pressure on a Patrick Mahomes, who's still not going to be 100% on that leg. He's going to be fine. We saw that, but not 100%. Their ability to put just a four-man rush on Patrick Mahomes and therefore gives them more latitude to do things on the back end to shut down a Kelsey and not give up the big plays. Um, I don't think Kansas City has played as physical a group as this Philadelphia group on both sides of the ball. And I think, obviously, with Jalen Hurts to run around and make some plays and their ability to run the ball and then make plays down the field, I think the Kansas City defense is going to be challenged. In the way, I actually thought they were going to be challenged against Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati would run the ball better. Now, there still was a good game. It was only a three-point loss. Uh, but I thought, particularly when you got into that second half, Cincinnati was going to be able to kind of crank that running game up. I think the physicality of the offensive and defensive lines of Philadelphia is going to make the difference in the game. All right, my friend. Well, we can't thank you enough, as always, for your time. That's great insight. Have a great rest of your day and safe travels out to Arizona. All right, we'll do it, man. All right, buddy. Brian Billick, kind enough to join us. You know, that, that, that stuff always interests me so much. When I remember um, just doing uh, NFL playoff games, which I had a chance to do uh, for Fox a couple times, was, man, when you went in that um, – when you went in that hotel, wherever that team was staying, um, and if any of you have ever been to that Hyatt in Tampa, it's right next to the airport. It sits right on the water. There's only like two little office buildings back there, about four or five stories high. That, that Hyatt is only about uh, seven, eight stories high. It's not some big, huge high-rise thing. Um, but they have on the second and third and fourth levels – the, the, these huge spaces for companies to have, you know, their meetings, conventions, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, all of those things are turned into 
Um, whatever team is there, it's their facility. It's their home. I mean, I remember one time um, the 49ers, Harbaugh was there, I think, at the time. And um, I was working out and hurt my back. And, and I've never had any back problems. Uh, but they just happened to be, all their, their medical staff was in there. And, and I knew, you know, uh, the 49ers guys. I'm like, hey, can they just take a look at this thing? This is like at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. You walked in there and felt like you were in a hospital. It's unbelievable what these players have today. And, you know, you, then you get into the whole, he's right about Arizona. Um, that waste management week out there, and now you throw in the Super Bowl. But the big, huge outdoor slash indoor part of the waste management, and back in the old days, I see old days, back in the 19... Mid-90s, when they had moved it from Phoenix Country Club downtown up to Scottsdale. The stadium design, the whole nine yards. They invented, they created this place called the Bird's Nest. Or the Crow's Nest, one or the other. I can't remember what it's called. But they would have, like, fans like, you know, Huey Lewis in the news. Or they would have, you know, whoever else. Now... I mean, the Dave Matthews band, as an example, is like the Tuesday night band. They're not the Thursday night band or the Friday night band or the Saturday night band. And you throw in all those, those, those clubs that have popped up in Scottsdale over the last number of years. Man, um, tonight... Tomorrow night, especially, and Wednesday night. Now, you heard Brian. Most teams would give their players the day off on Tuesday. Oh, boy. You might want to have GPS on every one of those guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is, it's just unbelievable. The nightlife in that town for this week of the Phoenix Open, Waste Management Open, and now you combine that with everything going on in the Super Bowl. Is Old Town the most dangerous nightlife scene in the country? Old Town Scottsdale. That'll be going on. That'll really be going on tonight. Wow. All right, let's see. Apparently, while we were away, uh, there's been a lot of talk, apparently. Uh, you know, I asked a question about should we start getting some guys um, – you know, in, in movies or, you know, try to go down that route, music, whatever the case may be. I, but apparently in the chat, it's been all about uh, fasting. Apparently. Fasting. So maybe this is the kind of thing, you know, that we got to get into. Tracer's brought it up. Yeah, I was about to say that. Maybe Tracy we get Jones pros and cons of, of fasting. A lot of people are trying that intermittent <laughs> fasting now. Well, so I, I had... I had contended for a while that if anybody out there is a personal trainer or wants to wants to make a uh, content segment out of me gaining 30 pounds, which I could very much use, get me up to 200. Uh, I can I can get you to uh, 30 pounds. Two, I need it's, no uh, no no. But I, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to I'm trying to get to like I need to get to like 190. I need to look not 15 years old. I'm 26. You're trying to put on weight. I certainly don't need to lose it. Well, dude, I would not be trying to put on. You, you, you want to put on muscle weight. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to get fat. Oh, okay. I, I, 
Okay. I can get you weight, weight. I mean, Taco <laughs> Bell could help me out with that. Well, that's go, for sure. I go to Taco Bell damn near every day. <laughs> get that and then I heard about something last night, which, Paul, I am sure you have heard of this. But, you know, you're always trying to learn things every day, you know, every day right? As a yeah. dad, as a man, as a husband, boyfriend, whatever. Okay, so, you know, our son, who makes his own money, we don't pay for it. He goes out and makes his own money. And what he chooses to do with that money, you know, he's had this routine going on for a long time that on Sundays when football season was on, he'd be watching the Bengals game. He would DoorDash. Okay? Okay. And whatever he'd pick, he'd pick. And, you know, the guy comes and I look at him and say, what did you just pay for that? And he'll tell me, well, I paid uh, $17. I said, so if you'd have driven there and it's three miles down the road, it would have cost you $9 or $10, whatever it is, right? He says, yeah. I said, so why would you do that? He says, Dad, I don't have to go anywhere. I can just sit right. I'm like, okay, all right, okay. Oh, so you're saying he ordered DoorDash? He, yes. Oh, I thought you meant he was driving No, DoorDash. no, no, no. We have a couple of his buddies drive, but, but he, he has other jobs. Okay. So, um, so he says to me yesterday, I had flippantly just made the comment, oh, what are we going to do, DoorDash and a run for the border? You know, like one of those deals, right? You know, he's getting all fired up. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Your mom's making dinner like she does every night. We're, you know, we're making dinner here. We're not DoorDashing dinner. He says, Dad, he says, you know about this DoorDash, like, um, almost like a DoorDash pass where you pay two and a half dollars a month, right? And then you don't pay whatever fee is the, the surcharge on top of the regular price. You just tip the driver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have that? I don't have it, but I know what it is. Okay. Yeah. I've only ever Uber These Eats. These guys are brilliant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've only ever Uber Eats or, or DoorDashed, I think one time, maybe twice. Uh, when I had COVID a couple years ago and I couldn't get anything, I just had them leave stuff at the door. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a huge Uber Eats or DoorDash guy, but I do know what you're talking about because I have one of my very good friends. Uh, he DoorDashes almost every night for dinner. Uh, he lives by himself, and he, I'll, I'll talk to him at night, and he'll be like, yeah, just DoorDash, whatever. Because if he works after a certain point in the night, he's always working. He works in, like, banking or something. He's always working. And if he works late enough, his meal is expensed. So he, like, he gets a free Uber Eats Perfect. almost every night. And I'm constantly asking him about it. I'm like, dude, aren't you racking it up? And he goes, well, one, it's paid for. But two, even if it wasn't, I have the membership. Like, Casey, what? do you know anything about this? Are you a DoorDash I, guy so or an Uber I, Eats guy? Or? I just used it one time because they give you like a promotional. Um, you get like so many dollars off if you do sign up for it. So I signed up for it one time, used it a couple times. Um, I So when I used to live back in Indianapolis, I worked for uh, one of the big news stations down there, uh, Channel 59. Um, I worked the the... the midnight burning the midnight oil on the third shift and i would door dash food all the time um and back then i just never used that thing i wish i did because it would have saved me so much money but so you would door dash it to the studio yeah door dash it to the studio and we would sometimes we would all take turns we would all order from one person's phone and one app and one account Sir Boy Wonder has that, uh, that set up. There's a surprise. He's on that 
you know, monthly charge thing. What's the normal markup? It's I have never ordered DoorDash. I've seen it come in and out of my house, but I've never ordered it. it so if you were to go to, let's just pick McDonald's, okay, or Penn Station. Let's say Penn Station, all right? Yeah. All right. And you were to order a Philly cheesesteak, some of their fries, whatever it might be. If you were walking in the restaurant, let's just assume that the, the bill was 12 bucks. okay? What would that same meal cost you on a DoorDash? It's a Without lot. the, you know. Without the pass thing, whatever. Well, it's a lot because you add in the tip, you add in the delivery fee, and then you might even add in a restaurant, like a surcharge from the restaurant right. for a delivery fee too. Because I remember last year when I got to San Antonio for the Sweet 16 last year covering Villanova, I got there super late at night and there was nothing open. And I ordered DoorDash McDonald's from like a McDonald's a half hour away. So it was cold when it got there. And I got a quarter pounder with fries and a drink. It was eight bucks. And, a, you know, you get a number, whatever it is in, at McDonald's, it's like eight bucks maybe. I think I paid close to $19 for it. After all the fees, the charges, everything else, it's a lot because there's like three different things you got to add on. And then do you tip on top of that? I think you have to. It's a, money. It's a lot. I don't do it. Well, uh, it says here, uh, Emperor says, um, I'm not paying $5 extra on a $15 meal. Um, this was an interesting one here. Uh, I love this one from AM. It says, I used DoorDash one time while my wife was in labor at the hospital. She insisted after we didn't eat anything all day long, we had to do it. Had a nice meal from uh, Carabas, fettuccine, little Parmesan chicken was worth the extra bucks for that one time. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But these, these people are just, it's, it's mind-boggling how smart these people are, coming up with these little things and, you know, uh, Uber, unbelievable, right? The options you have now, you know, it's unbelievable. I have been a regular Uber because I like going out with some of my buddies sometimes. You don't want to get behind a wheel if you've had three, four beers, right? So, you know, you're going you're gonna to Uber. And it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. Now, they're, they're capitalists, too. They know where to jack it up and at what time and all that kind of thing, yeah. right? I told you, you know, a story a couple of weeks ago when the Bengals were home against um, uh, the first playoff game against Baltimore. I had to jump in a car at like 1145 and drive down and pick up my son because Uber, they're asking for 60 bucks or something, 70 bucks after a game to get back to the suburbs. They, they know where to pick their spots. I had a friend one time that had to Uber, had no choice transportation-wise, had to Uber maybe 10 miles on a crazy busy Friday night in Cincinnati. I don't remember if there was a concert or what was going on. It was like $100 to go yeah. 10, 15 miles maybe. Right. It was like $100. Sure. You can split New York City. That's what they so do. In New York City, in New York City – um, I have learned because I've done it enough now in the last couple of years that you the the cabs have a flat rate in New York City from the airports. The city put in a charge on. I don't know if that's to protect against Uber or what. But if you're going from like LaGuardia to Manhattan, there you you just pay fifty two dollars and that's it to get in to get into the city. Because on Uber it's like seventy eighty. Well, look, you know, look and, and look. I understand their turf, but I mean, this was a big thing that everybody's forgotten about it since then. Was is that the taxi drivers' union and those that they are in bed with politically 
tried to basically destroy Uber before it ever got off the ground. And thank God the needs of people and what they wanted was more important than what the union of the taxi drivers wanted and those you're in bed with politically. In San Francisco and New York, they try to completely smash out Uber from existing. And now all of a sudden, you know, when, when, when it's the people, you can't fight the people. I think, I think we have a call. We do. <laughs> Casey's trying to scream. Casey's hot mic continues to go out Well, while he's talking to uh, a caller I here. Think the, I think the mic is turned off to the, to the YouTube show. I think we can hear him, but I don't think. No, somebody says they can hear him. Oh, on here. That's oh, what wow. Reed said. Uh, while we're waiting on the call, Tom said, uh, uh, Cincinnati <laughs> kid said, Tom, you got any, um, you got any good stories from WLWT King of TV bowling? Oh, he found a bunch of old episodes on the YouTube a couple of weeks ago. Got to be honest. I saw these episodes. It was big league. All right. You ready? All right. Ready? We got, yep. we got a caller. Yep. All right. Hello there. Who we got here? Hey, Tommy, glad to, uh, to pitch in here. I'm glad you're back. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, first off, uh, I wish you were doing the uh, Fox broadcast because I just don't like the guys for the Super Bowl. I think they're just not exciting enough. It doesn't, you know, the Madden and, and Michaels and the Collinsworth and, and Michaels make the game better. I think you were a great broadcaster. I wish you were doing the Super Bowl. Uh, I wanted to pitch in also on the – on the uh, DoorDash thing, we're regular DoorDashers. Okay. And I want to say if you've got the pass, it is extremely cheap. It actually costs you less than if you went in and sat down at the restaurant and paid the tip. The, uh, so so what, how much does that pass cost? My son was trying to explain this to me last night, and he didn't know exactly how much it is. You're paying what per month? Nine ninety nine. But it sure. winds up saving you. They even show you on the app how much it saves you. And it'll end up saving you 100 bucks in DoorDash if you do it three or four times. No kidding. Now, how about that? Who is yeah. this, by yeah, the way? It, my name's Joe. I'm from Centerville, up north near Dayton. The Centerville Elks. Got big-time basketball again go. up there this year. Are they going to win a state championship again? I don't know. They're pretty good. We were so used to them. I went to another local school, Kettering, and yep. Uh, yep. we were so used to them beating our butts when we played them. Uh, I played for Kettering, and uh, they won several championships in what used to be the Western Ohio League back in the day. Now it's the Great Greater Western Ohio League or something like that. Uh, they used to be a dominant football team. They're not anymore, but now it's their basketball. We also have Alter up here who used yep. to be quite quite the uh, basketball power so yep. uh, but but those are the couple of things I wanted to contribute and I think uh, one thing I would say you ask about what you could add to the show and yeah. and our neighbors up here Dayton UD nor uh, north of you into some of the conversation they sell okay. out all the time the first yep. fours here it used to be I'm, I'm in your age group it used to be that that was one of our bigger games when we played Xavier or Cincinnati mm -hmm. um, when you know before they were in the 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 ACC or whatever conference they're in now I can't remember what conference it is but when they were an independent and Xavier and Notre Dame and DePaul and all those guys came in Xavier was a big game for us when we played them we we did not like Pete Gillen when he came up this way so um, those are the things I wanted to contribute like I said I'm glad you're back at it um, I don't 
I wish I could get in on the chats, but I'm not a Facebook guy and I don't okay. do Twitter. So okay. I wanted to call in and congratulate you and put my two cents in about the door. That the Dash Pass is worth it. It ends up saving you quite a bit of money and tell you I wished you were doing the Super Bowl. Well, I tell you what, it, this is a fantastic caller. We can't thank you enough, and please call back again. And thanks so much for enjoying the program. Thank you. Will do. Thank you, Tom. That was an awesome call right there. There we go. That's big time. Good stuff. Thanks, Joe. That's big time. Our buddy Joe. Yeah, we can mix. And in a reminder some- to Joe, you know, I, if I heard him right there, and maybe he didn't, he didn't, maybe he, uh, maybe he, he misspoke. I don't know, but he said he's not a, a Facebook guy. He's not on Facebook, and, and then he said Twitter. But you might be able to go to, I mean, you can go to YouTube if that's an option for you and find us. Yeah, I know some people watch the show. Like my parents will watch the show. They just flip on a smart TV and then turn on the, the show on the uh, TV there. I don't know if, uh, you know, because you won't have the chat if you turn it on on a TV. But yeah, I mean, there it, it, we are streaming on Facebook. We used to stream on Twitter. We don't stream on Twitter anymore. We are streaming live every day, though, on Facebook on the Chatterbox Sports page, and then also, obviously, where pretty much everybody watches us um, here on YouTube as well. And then we're also in podcast form. We don't publicize that a ton, but we are... This show does get published about an hour after the show ends every day. Uh, We publish this show in podcast form, so if you want to go back and listen to it, you can. Um, But yeah, great call from Joe. Joe talked about UD. Um, Dayton's got... They've had a bad season. They've had a bad season. Uh, they, they have dealt with a lot of injuries, and they now are, have started to get some guys back, but it, they're to a point now where it, it literally doesn't matter what they do, uh, what Dayton does now between the, the end of the regular season and whenever the, the conference tournament starts. they got to win the A-10 tournament to get in. They're 15-9 and nine on the season, 7-4 and four in the A-10, but they have three losses now in the last two weeks. Uh, sub 150, which you just can't have after their non-conference schedule. So Dayton, I think, is one of the top teams in the A-10. They're right there with VCU and St. Louis. But where Dayton had rallied probably mid-January, they were around 45 on Ken Palm. They're back down to 72nd now. They've just taken on some water, like I said earlier, taken on some bad losses. So. Well, it, it would be good if they if they were able to get in because it is such a, a phenomenal program up there in that arena. We've talked about it. Uh, Joe may have, have missed it. We've talked about uh, and uh, you know the UD arena, and, the, and there's a reason why they play the, those play-in games there. Unbelievable atmosphere, great building for UD games. Phenomenal fans, great fan base. Um, I'd like to see them get to back to where they used to be. I mean, heck, what was it, three years ago, they had what they thought was a bona fide national championship contending team. Obi Toppin. Ain't That's no right. stopping. Jalen Crutcher. Yeah, tough year that year. Because that, yeah. that team could have made the Final Four. That team had every piece of a college team that could have made the Final Four. Well, but you know, you think about the arteries even off of something like that. I mean, it's not only the immediacy of we have the team to do it, we have the players to do it, coach to do it, whole nine yards, right? Is what would have happened had they won that for that program? I mean, all of a sudden, there would be guys, just like I'm sure we're going to see, and this is probably an apples-to-apples kind of thing because they both have had really good historical programs in their respective sports, like TCU, I think you're going to see their football explode there with players that all of a sudden are going to give them a look 
where somebody walked in the door and tried to pitch TCU on some kid two years ago, no chance. If Dayton gets to the final four that year, or even gets, you know, championship game that year, how many kids now all of a sudden want to come look at that building? And you walk in that building, that campus, it's a nice setup up there. They got a good setup at UD. They do. It's a lot of fun. I know a lot of kids that are up there going to school right now, and they love it. All right. Cherry on top. Cherry on top, presented by United Dairy Farmers. What do we got here? Roll it. Little sound bite, a little mic'd up from the Pro Bowl yesterday. Talked about it earlier on the show, but decided to pull it up. Jamar Chase. Always loved Jamar Chase. What you eating, a glizzy? You're a glizzy gobbler, huh? You're a glizzy gobbler, huh? You want them glizzies, huh? All right. That was T. Higgins. Who did that to me, though? It was. Yeah. Put me on blast. It ain't mic'd up, right? Just eating hot dogs, eating hey. some glizzies. Is that what those are? Glizzies, yeah. Teaching Tom. I don't know. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. A glizzy is a hot. That's what you call a hot dog. A glizzy. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with hot dog? It's just not a glizzy. You want to be a glizzy globber, globber, or do you want to eat hot dogs? I don't know. You don't gobble glizzies? I love hot dogs. I mean, but what the hell's wrong with hot dog? Why does it have to turn into, what is it, glizzy? Glizzy gobbler. So glizzy. if you're a hot dog eater, you're a gizzy gobbler. Glizzy. Glizzy, glizzy. gobbler. God almighty. Tom, do you this think. This stuff is ridiculous. Do you think you could eat nine hot dogs and drink nine beers over the course of a baseball game? Nine beers for sure. Well, I knew that was an easy one. Yeah, no doubt there. Um, I don't know, boy. Nine, nine hot dogs. That's a lot of hot dogs, man. Have you done that? No, but I think yeah. I'm going to try. See, the challenge you is... You do that like, just before the swim across the little right, Miami? Right. Great <laughs> Miami. Great Miami. Oh, the great Miami. The great Miami. Me. That's right. The big one. The big one. The big one. Right. No, the challenge is you have to do one every inning. So, like, you can't eat, like, six hot dogs in the first inning... Let it settle, then eat three more. You've Ooh, got. I mean, that's getting filled hot, up, man, in a right? hurry. And staying Tough. filled up. You're going to do this? I, I want to go to a Reds game. Get the. Do they still even do the dollar hot dog stand? Yes. They do so. Tuesdays, baby. $3 beer, $2 hot dog, $1 ice cream. So I'm paying $27 in beer and $18 in hot dogs, plus my $2 ticket. <laughs> And I think I think I can do it, Tom. I think I, I think I got it in me. Well, you're you know you're a big strong dude. You might be able to pull that off. I I, I just don't I I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I think about you eat a hot dog, okay? And you know, most guys we can eat two or three hot dogs. Yeah. You know, not a big deal, right? But now all of a sudden you you talk about you know you have a you have a one two three one two three quick inning. Yeah, a quick I inning. mean, all of a sudden you're talking about hot dog, beer. And now, bam, you're going right. back to the well immediately again. Well, the second time, maybe not a big deal. Third time, not. Now, now you're starting to crawl. Fourth, fifth, hot dog. Well, the good thing is, is I don't think you'll get that drunk because you're, you're, you're filling up as, as oh, you're Oh, you drink nine beers in three hours. You're going to be a little tanked up. <laughs> you can mark it down. I don't, know, I don't know how they did mark it over it in down. Athens, Ohio, Tom, but in Bluffton, Ohio, we can drink some beer. 
Well, are you getting a big yeah, they've boy? They've never been known for beer drinking in Athens. That's Ohio. true. I've, ne- I've never heard anything of the sorts. Or are you getting a big boy from the stadium, or are you getting like a just a normal can, like a 12-ounce can? No, it's, on, yeah, it's, that's it's, a good it's, question. It's, it's, a 12, it's, it's a 12-ounce can 12, on Tuesday nights. 12-ounce can. And it's a regular domestic, you know. It's like a, I, yeah. But, okay, you're but not like, drinking some 5.8, no. alcohol lover. You're getting a $2 12-ounce can of Bud Light. Yeah, I think you could do it. Okay. I yeah, think we could all in. do it. Now, the other thing, Tom, is do you know what a Sky Rosa is? A what? A Sky Rosa. Ugh. It uh, is when you get a piece, you go to the ball game. Okay. You get a slice of pepperoni La Rosa's pizza. Love pizza. Okay. And then you go get a cheese coney from the Skyline stand. Okay. Sky Rosa. I love it. And you put it right in the pizza. Oh, no. Now you lost <laughs> me. Now you lost me. You no, 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 no. You up. lost me there. I like their taste too much. Individually. I well, don't want to Well, then you put it together. Up. I mean, it's like, listen, you, you, you got LeBron, great player over here. That's La Rosa. Then you got Michael Jordan. That's the Skyline Cheese right. Cody. No doubt they're they're undeniable net champions by themselves. You put them on the same team, mm. I think you got something special here. Okay. Well, you can handle that and the nine hot dogs and nine beers. You and Paul and Casey and Brandon can go down there and give that a shot. I know I can't eat nine hot dogs. There's just no way. No chance. Nine conies? Nine conies? Perhaps. Hmm. Perhaps. All right. All right. I got to leave it to you guys. I had to get my wife to the airport. So I got to get out of here. Who's taking over right. for box lunch? Raiden. We'll just do it from the chairs. All right. It. Come on. Yeah. Let's take it away, boys. Hey, thanks, fellas. Tom. Case, Paul, Brandon, yep. thanks. Absolutely. My man, it all belongs to you, Mr. Mouse. Thanks, Tom.